Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Hard Currency. I'm Katie Martin and joining me is Paul McNamara, a portfolio manager from GAM, who's here to shed some light on how emerging markets are faring at the moment. Paul, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. So it's not so long since Trump obviously was elected and he was supposed to be this bogeyman for emerging markets, a huge risk to the asset class. How's that panned out from your perspective? Well, so far, it's been it's been great for us. I mean, the big concern about Trump um, was specifically Mexico, but more generally, he'd go after the manufacturing operations, the foreign investment by American corporations uh, to manufacture abroad and, and import into the U.S., and so far, you know, the, the couple of chances he's had, he said he was going to name China's currency manipulator on day one. He didn't do that. He said he was going to withdraw from NAFTA. And although he's he's reiterated that threat recently, the first time he said it, he backed down. I mean, it, it comes down to this stuff that we were hearing yesterday, that the Wall Street guys are kind of doing better than the racists in the, um, in the current administration. <laughs> one way of putting it. But I mean, so... Your standard index of emerging market currencies, I mean, it took a heavy hit last November, but it's back and then some now. I mean, what are the kind of key markers for you of how EM currencies are doing in the wake of his election? Well, uh, from the immediate aftermath of the um, of, of, of the election, we're up about 20%, sort of include, there's some bond returns in there as well. Uh, I mean, all that we've seen is that uh, Trump hasn't completely smashed everything up. And that was all we needed, <laughs> that... Uh, as long as you know as long as we're in this low yield world which is where we've been emerging markets which are high yielding currencies where inflation is under control we're always likely to do well and i think the extra ingredient we've had has been the weak dollar mm-hmm. i mean emerging markets are the the sort of the counter dollar you know that for every 1% the dollar loses against the majors it tends to lose about 1.5% against the em index so a weak dollar environment is really the the ideal environment but uh, more than anything i think we we've just discounted um, the huge amount of worries associated with the Trump administration. So, I mean, as a portfolio manager, how do you how do you deal with that? You can't ignore him and just focus on the macro fundamentals, or or do you just ignore him? Well, so far. Um, <laughs> Ignoring him works until it doesn't. I mean, one of the best performing currencies since the since say three days after the election is the Mexican peso, because that's where the most worry was associated. Uh, the pattern does appear to be though that uh, when he's under pressure, when when President Trump is under pressure domestically, he's more likely to throw a bit of red meat to his base and kind of going out, you know, building the wall and so on uh, seemed likely. So I think you know. The one approach is simply to, to to buy the stuff that's most exposed to, to to the Trump administration, which is obviously Mexico in the first, but also the Asian manufacturing countries. But the flip side of that is that if he actually does do some of the stuff he's threatened to do, those are the ones which are going to be hit worst. So thinking of some of those currencies, to, to what extent are they doing well because the dollar is doing badly? And to what extent is it about the performance of, of global growth and, and of these you know, individual economies? Well, emerging markets are, are a growth asset class. When the world is growing, and we've seen the closest thing we've seen to synchronised global growth since the since the crisis uh, in recent years, so emerging markets have naturally done well. They're also high-yielding markets, and in this world where, you know, unless things are 
actively imploding, you tend to the, the high yielders tend to perform. And as we've seen, that high yield is no longer high yield. You don't get any returns from mortgages. You don't get returns anywhere else. More and more money has been pushed in has been pushed into emerging markets and emerging market currencies. I mean, the weak dollar is is very important, or at least the absence of a strong dollar. But you know, the, the total carry on EM since um, since last November has been about seven percent. But as I said, you know, since the immediate aftermath of the election, we've returned closer to twenty. Mm. So there's been real currency appreciation there, and emerging markets are seeing capital inflows. That every almost every emerging market is beginning to rebuild currency reserves. So money's flowing into EM, which is a growth play. So you've mentioned some of the some of the bright spots there in terms of Asia and Mexico, but some of Europe's emerging market currencies are on a terrific run. And are they, you know, just like how EM generally is a kind of anti-dollar, if you like, are they kind of, you know, eurozone on steroids, eurozone on caffeine, at least? <laughs> they, they they tend to be. Uh, I mean, in general, say the Polish Slotty, Romanian Loy, Hungarian Forents trade very much in line with Europe. And the, I think there was a lot of hope at the beginning of the year that they'd actually be kind of sort of high beta um, plays on the euro because, uh, you know, a lot of the manufacturing that used to be done in Germany is now done in Central Europe. As it's happened, you know, with the exception of Romania, we have very populist governments across the region which want to keep policy loose, which are which are inclined to push for growth. So these currencies have done well, but they've pretty much performed in line with the euro. Mm. Uh, I mean, Turkey is Turkey is an exception. I mean, you know, Turkey we think is an accident waiting to happen, but it's the high yielder. So since they hiked interest rates, that's had a very good year as well. And again, exports have been supported by by strength in the eurozone. So when the eurozone is strong, that's definitely good for the euro region emerging markets. There are some idiosyncratic stories there. You know, you look at the, the Czech Karuna, for example, which, I mean, that's been a very well-managed peg break, right? It, it, extremely well managed. Uh, I mean, one of the things we, we tend to say about the Czechs is that they're kind of more German than the Germans. Very <laughs> high savings ratio, very manufacturing oriented economy, very cautious policy. You know, and it's somewhere that we tend to find that continental European investors are very comfortable investing. I think there was a lot of concern about the speculative positioning that went into the Karuna, that, you know, that they pretty much announced that they were going to break the peg and you know, in April. And then when, when the peg actually, when they did actually remove the peg, I think there was there was a great fear that all this money would have to come out and we'd actually see the Karuna trading weaker than the 27, mm. which is where the peg was. Well, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're several months on from that and actually the, the Karuna is about 3% stronger than it was. So we've got through that worry. We've got an economy which is showing rare in this world signs of inflation where there's even genuine talk of hiking interest rates. So I think that that's Imagine. Got to, I, I, <laughs> How does that I, work? I, I can't even remember that. No, I, <laughs> so what are the kind of clouds on the horizon? What, do you, what are you worrying about? Or is it a case of, you know, while well, the music's playing, keep dancing? <laughs> that's that's, that's uh, something of a loaded phrase. I mean, yeah. there, there, there is, I, 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 the problem in asset management is it's very hard to be lagging a, a rallying market. And that does mean that as the rally continues, people get pushed more and more into the high yielder, higher risk markets. And I think Turkey stands out for us as, as, as I said, a, an accident waiting to happen. You've got you know, the classic signs of, you know, a lot of foreign borrowing by the banks, the banks pumping that money into property development, a very property oriented uh, financial sector, you know, might be politely sort of termed a political institution that is not as independent as it might be of of property development. I mean, we, you know, we think that that could go wrong very quickly. I think more broadly, though, it does come back to the US administration that, you know, that we're, we're seeing NAFTA 
mm. back for renegotiation. If NAFTA goes, is the World Trade Organization next? Uh, I think that's what worries us most. The other thing is that you know the world and his dog hates the dollar now, and that tends to make it vulnerable because the U.S. data has not been especially bad. And it's it you know we had a we had it a was weak out and out good yesterday. Yeah, and it's uh, we had a weak patch sort of Q2 going into Q3. Um, you know the economic surprise index has now turned fairly decisively in the U.S. And if the world wakes up to the fact that the that U.S. data is actually strengthening the U.S. economy is in decent shape, we could see the dollar come screaming back. And that's never good news for EM. But I, I come back, you know, myself to this idea that a little while ago, say four weeks ago, my inbox was just stuffed with notes telling me the end is nigh, sell everything. That You know, I just don't like how long the U.S. stock market has been rallying for. Something's got to go wrong. That seems to have died down. You know, where are you on this kind of scale of the end is nigh to everything is awesome? Because, you know, we've got Tajikistan coming to market soon. There's a lot of investors who can't point to Tajikistan on a map, but I mean, it'll end up borrowing for what? Probably under 8%. It's a, right? it's a mountain range borrowing a billion dollars, yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, to what extent do you think this is kind of getting frothy or do you think that's kind of noise? Uh, I think, I mean, the Tajikistans and the 100-year Argentine bonds, that's yeah. the sort of thing that people people love to point to. But if you look at, you know, where you get a crisis is, 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 is not in these very extreme sovereigns where there is kind of an investment case. You know, they do tend to get rescued by the IMF. They very rarely default. Mm. What you tend to worry about is, say, when the Brazilian corporate sector, the stuff that people are comfortable with, the people the stuff that people think should be investment grade when the money's sort of pouring in there. And we've seen a lot less than that, less of that. You know, the Brazilian banks aren't borrowing, the Russian banks, well, obviously sanctions are an issue there. We're seeing less money pouring into, you know, the flakier bits of emerging market. So I wouldn't say we're we're in everything is awesome mode, but, you know... Our take on emerging market is that you need a really compelling reason not to get involved mm. in something that's paying you eight, nine, ten percent, and that compelling reason isn't there. I mean, the you know, as I said, I think uh, the, the U.S. administration is, is is the most glaring potential problem, uh, but you know, it, it, it's not. It, it's just we don't see something going dramatically wrong. The big warning signs across most of the world just aren't there. Yeah. Fingers crossed, touch wood. <laughs> so that's it from us, Paul. Thanks very much. Uh, keep an eye on ft.com slash markets to keep up to date.